Welcome back to Duckstream. We are now joined by general manager Pat Verbeek. Pat, after you saw that card turned over, what was your initial reaction to seeing that the Ducks have the number two pick in this year's NHL draft? Well, uh, I was excited. Uh, probably not as excited as getting number one, but uh, I'm still excited. I think, um, you know, going into this thing, I, I think at worst we were going to get number three, and I know the players at the top. Um, and I'm excited, you know, to add one of those players to our, our lineup uh, for the future. So there's certainly um, a lot to be excited about. Obviously, um, you know, Connor Bedard's probably, you know, a real special player. But I think, you know, the players that are coming up behind him have a chance to be outstanding as well. Is there a little bit of disappointment not having that number one pick? Um, well, you get so close to it, right? You get so close to the number one. But I think that... Um, you know, like I said before, I mean, we were, you know, probably in the last three, four days of the season, we were looking at uh, five, possibly, you know, with the possibility of going to seven. That would have been, you know, uh, really disappointing, especially after going through, the, you know, the hard season that we did go through. So it's like, you know, I was talking with, you know, our president, Aaron Teach, like we're, we were playing a little bit with house money in the sense that, um, you know, we had so many things that, um, that had to go right for us even to kind of sit in that number one position, you know, um, you know, to draft number one overall. So, like I said, I'm, I'm excited. I think we've, we're going to get uh, a really good player, uh, a player that's going to really help us down the road to win. So this is a very deep draft of talent all across the board. Now, it seems that you feel you are confident in getting a player that could move the needle in this rebuild. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can look at the, the next couple players that are rated on the draft uh, list. They're, you know, they're, they have size. They, you know, they, they, have, they have skill. They have speed. Um, all components that I, I want to add to our group. How prepared do you and your team feel of your knowledge of these top couple guys? Well, we, we know them very well. Now, you know, it's going to be, you know, there was probably not going to be a debate with Connor Bedard, obviously, at number one. But now there's going to be a lot of debate on, on how we and we're going to go through this process of, you know, lining all the players up. There's a lot of scenarios that could unfold, you know, even before the draft. So we have to be prepared for everything. You talk about those scenarios, too, and being at this number one pick, you kind of have the opportunity to dictate what the draft could look like after you as well. How do you feel about having that opportunity? Well, see, we get the, you know, we're going to get the pick. Obviously, Connor's going to go probably first. Mm -hmm. Now we get we get to dictate, the, you know, and pick the player that we want. And so sometimes if you go down to number three now, you're just kind of waiting to see, you know, how things are going to slot out. So we'll... Uh, it's an exciting time for us, uh, you know, and I think our scouting staff is very excited, you know, at this opportunity. So going back to some of your time with the Detroit Red Wings, when you were there uh, back in 2020, the team had the best odds to win the lottery, ultimately falling to floor, yep. getting Lucas Raymond. Yep. You, you've been a part of that also a little bit with Tampa Bay. You were able to be a part of drafting Andre Vasilevsky, an amazing goaltender in the NHL. So you have this experience, but what does that experience provide you while approaching the draft process? Well, I think that, uh, you know, having healthy debate, I think, you know, when you go through, you know, the experiences, making sure that we're 
going through uh, a healthy debate within our group on where, you know, the way, you know, getting that, you know, hopefully getting the draft order in, you know, right. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and making sure we're doing, you know, our due diligence on, on you know, on, on the players background and and you know really getting to dive in you know what they're like you know you know from a personal standpoint so there's a there's still a lot of work left to be done uh, from that aspect is what experience has taught me and then when you look at the rest of the drop I mean the Anaheim Ducks have six picks in the first three rounds nine overall in this draft at this moment how do you plan to continue strengthening the prospects within the organization's pool how do I plan to <laughs> to do that well, I, I think that obviously what I've set before our scouts are a certain criteria of the type of players that we, we want to draft. Um, what I look for, you know, uh, team, championship teams, what the ingredients they have. Um, you know, I hate to say I want to mimic, but there's certain criteria that I want every player on our team to have in order to at some point when it gets hard that you know those players are going to be able to overcome adversity you know they're going to fight through all that stuff you know those are little intangibles that i want all our players to have pat rubik thank you so much for joining us on duck stream all right alexis good luck at the draft thank you aaron teats welcome on duck stream thank you so much for joining us that was a quick transition right there wasn't it <laughs> well you got in your seat pretty quickly i'm yeah, glad to have good. you here on the stream with us to yeah. break down a little bit about what the anaheim ducks will be having this summer with the draft that's coming up and mm -hmm. second overall pick now um how are you feeling uh from your perspective of this well the truth is we never really wanted the number one pick <laughs> two two is the new one that's what i'm hearing there but no, it's, it's great. Um, you know, anytime, as we talked about before the draft uh, or the draft lottery here, is anytime you can get yourself in a position where you have a top three pick in this league, um, you're going to get a quality player that's going to have an impact on your roster. And so um, we're excited about it. And, and you know, coming out of a, a substantial rebuild, is it, it takes effort. It takes time. And uh, as, as Pat probably told you, you know, this is something that um, – will now give us an opportunity to kind of build around another quality player and, and, and not just that second pick in the draft, but then what do we do in the rounds following and stuff like that. It will really have an impact, so we're excited. How do you think this pick and this potential player that we could be adding to the organization could make an impact for the future as we especially get into next year being the 30th season? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Mm -hmm. you, the one thing about the NHL, you're drafting teenagers, right? And, mm -hmm. and so they're, they're younger in, in the development process and, and whatnot, but um, the one thing that we're pretty comfortable in and in talking to Pat is that, you know, the top end of this draft looks very strong. Mm -hmm. So there's a good opportunity for that person to, you know, potentially come in and even and play on the at the NHL level next year. So that's that's for Pat and his staff to assess and try to figure that out. But I will tell you, um, their team is excited, as he probably told you, and, and, and looking at the, the prognosis of of. Uh, of taking a player of that caliber and inserting him to what we think is already a very strong um, young core um, is should be very exciting to the fans of Anaheim. And not only that, but six picks in the first three rounds of this year's NHL draft as of this date, I mean, it's going to be able to bolster the team and the organization even more from the prospect end, wouldn't you say, as well? Yeah, for sure. And you've seen already this year in the juniors, we have some um, substantial um, talent coming up from the D-ranks. Uh, the four, 
four players are are, <laughs> are literally looking at uh, um, defenseman of the year mm -hmm. um, within their leagues and whatnot. So th so that's exciting. And then you have a guy like Jamie Drysdale coming back and stuff. And and as you mentioned, it's our 30th anniversary. Mm -hmm. um, so um, taking all these things and adding to a fun young team and and, and bringing ourselves into a, uh, a place where we can really see um, big strides. We'll have a new coach next year. And then um, being able to celebrate on the 30th anniversary where you can keep, be a little bit uh, of the retrospective and look back at our history, but then really look um, and use this as, as a marker. What do the next 30 years look like? And, and so uh, it should be a very exciting year coming up. But it'll, it'll start in June with the draft. We'll be fired up. What are some of those things heading into the 30th anniversary that fans can be excited about? Well, you know what? I think the the specifics are being rounded out now, mm -hmm. but I know that they're looking into um, that mix that I was telling you about is making sure that we have an opportunity to really do a look back and a retrospective on what we have seen in our organization to the state and, and in history, but really um, looking into some you know a legacy nights concept uh, where we can kind of um, pick a few real special nights throughout the course of the year, um, really lean into the our history, and then. Um, start talking about a little bit more about what the future looks like and and uh, and what that young talent core looks like and start to get uh, the the fans of the ducks so i'm really excited about but i i think it represents opportunity for all of us to kind of to get in and see our history and then look forward to the future now not only are the ducks building on the ice they're building off the ice too with oc vibe mm -hmm. i mean what can people look forward to with that as well too well there's a groundbreaking that we think in the, it will be in here in the next couple of months um and uh, a lot of the infrastructure build that's necessary. I'm starting with some parking and the parking structures, and those will be going up, and that will just pave the way, literally, uh, <laughs> um, for us to um, get into the vertical build and, and as they get going on. But uh, I think what we'll see is, you know, uh, a lot of times uh, Dan Young, is, uh, who's leading the development team, will say um, Orange County is still looking for its cool. Um, and mm -hmm. what we think is this is going to be a 100-acre campus of really, really cool um, and have opportunities for everyone um, you're talking about a, a brand new performance theater. You're talking about bars and restaurants and options for whatever you're looking to do, whether it's coming here for health and wellness and, and walking around and just um, being part of the uh, vibe. Sorry for the pun there. <laughs> um, or if you're coming here because you have a ticket in your hand and you want to go see one of the best acts um, that, that uh, Honda Center has to offer or a sporting event has to offer, um, we'll have that for you. So it's really exciting, um, and I think... What the fans of Orange of Orange County's teams will see, mm -hmm. and and um, concert goats, and what they're going to see that they're going to get an opportunity to really have a, a downtown presence that truly is cool. Um, and I, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing that come to fruition. So am I. It's something that I know has been in the works for a while, but when I saw the plans, I mean, it just looks absolutely amazing, and it's just going to just grow the community even more here in Anaheim. I think people um, underestimated size you know <laughs> until the construction really begins you know we can talk about what a hundred acre campus looks like and and to be honest uh, unless you really um, have an understanding of an acre or this that whatever but a hundred acres is very very large mm -hmm. and it's going to have so many different options and so many different things that you can do like I said with a ticket in your hand or just coming here to um, to hang out and have a great time with friends mm -hmm. and family it's, it's gonna be great and how perfect it's aligning with such a big year for the Ducks as well, too, the 30th anniversary, like we just mentioned. And also then just going into this year having such a high draft pick and a guy that can come in and potentially make a difference on the ice just kind of makes for a great story. It does. You know, it's, you know, for the longest time, you know, we have um, been thinking about and planning about all these things, but really 
seeing these things come together at the same time, you know, um, being able to break ground on, on a on a project that is as prolific as OC Vibe and being able to um, start to see the fruits of the labor of, of all these draft picks and starting to come of age in their development and then coming in with a very strong draft again this year, um, you can really start to see if, an, an opportunity in the not-so-distant future where the landscape looks different, um, the environment feels different with wins and losses, and, and, and it's very exciting. And I think people um, that are our Anaheim Ducks um, fans or concert goers or just um, those that just want to come out and, and relax and have a good time should find that uh, this this area of the uh, 57 in Cattell is going to be something special. Aaron Teets, thank you so much for joining us here on Duckstream during our Ducks Draft Lottery show. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> EA Bear and Ken French. I'm not calling you guys Phil. Yeah, we're, so we're starting like to get a complex. <laughs> They have joined me back at the table hey. here at the Ducks Draft Lottery Party. And, guys, let's wrap up the night a little bit. Let's wrap talk it, about, it, let's talk about what happened. So there were no changes from 16 to 4. you want to remind us really about this right now? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just giving the visual. He, right. he might be a little bitter, but, but please go Actually, on. Actually, and then things changed a little bit. I have to go pick up my medication right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have places to go. You need a drink, too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But... Like we've said, the narrative here is just we we are winners either way. We are going to go into this draft with the number two pick and able to dictate what the draft will look like, what the Ducks' future will look like, get a guy that can come in and make a difference. And from what we've heard from Pat Verbeek and our conversations as well, too, it seems like the Ducks are very excited still just to be in this position. Well, the Ducks instantly are a better hockey club today mm -hmm. than they were yesterday so that's the great news uh you know who out of the list of the characters that we've looked at <laughs> for today will be the selection uh in a month or so uh is yet to be seen we can speculate uh i, I have my favorite i won't say it live on air but i've got my pick and uh if that particular player comes here i think he'll be a, a fantastic addition to the ducks family and Frenchie, you got anything to say about that? Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's it, yes. Connor Bedard would have been, would have been great. Let's let's not kid ourselves. But you know, one player doesn't make a team. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've seen Connor McDavid on Edmonton, and they have yet to get themselves to a Stanley Cup final. Right. With Connor McDavid. Yes. And they have two of the best players in hockey, in Leon Draisaitl, and they are still the game's on as we speak. They're trying to get there. Um, so, yeah, it's going to take everybody on this team. This guy is whoever we do get is going to be an incredible addition to this team. And uh, I just like all the picks. I mean, we are deep. We mm -hmm. are deep. We're deep from last year, the year before. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, that was six picks mm -hmm. this year. So I think it's going to be. And the first three rounds. The first three only. rounds. All the first three rounds. So, yes, I think it's going to be. It's, it's bright. Pat. You know, he tremendous attitude. I mean, he wasn't even – he was a little disappointed. Sure, he didn't get the number one overall pick. He was a lot less disappointed what? than I thought. Yeah. And, 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 and that's a, in a real healthy way that it did. We talked about taking that pressure out of any GM's hands to say, like, well, I've got to pick Bedard because that's consensus. And he may not have been the perfect fit for some organization, including the Ducks. So, I, I mean, I think that, again uh, – Whoever was his plan B, I think he seemingly is very happy. Yeah, and we can't reiterate enough that if you are the number one overall pick, you pretty much have to take Connor Bedard. Not a bad thing, but again, if he's regardless, that's got to be your pick because of this generational player that he has been put in this, you know, 
this uh, this box of this incredible the next McDavid. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. so and he, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. Yes. Uh, and he's going to feel it in Chicago. I mean, don't get me wrong, but he's going to an original six in Chicago. Hey. The savior <laughs> has hit the building, and it, it, it's tough shoes to fill. We talked about Patrick Kane no longer yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Taves uh, considering retirement, but was told he will not be re-signed by the Blackhawks to play. So they're looking for that next superstar, and, and they're going to get him. But that does come with a price and uh, a lot of weight on the shoulders of a young youngster. And it's really interesting, too. We talked about, I'm just watching the Edmonton Oilers highlights right now, that they're on TV, and Connor McDavid's being shown. But this is a, and you mentioned the rules have changed as far mm -hmm. as how many number one picks you can have, correct? In yes. A, in yes. a, a, a three-year span? Five-year span. Five-year span. Yes. So what the Oilers had, I think, four first overall picks in five years, something crazy like that. And they have yet to win a cup, right? So <laughs> think about that. It's, it's incredible. It, it's the whole team. And, and you have to, um, we're, I mean, yeah, I've been here forever. You've been here forever. You know, Alexis, you know this team as well as anyone does. You know, I, I'm bought into the system. And, you know, as I talked about Martin Madden and Pat Verbeek, and we have some of the best scouts in, in the business, I'm excited. I'm excited what we're doing. And the key thing here is Pat Verbeek has a plan, and he's not letting the outside pressure push him around. Mm -hmm. He's sticking to the plan. It's like, you know, everybody wants to win tomorrow. But he's like, this is how we need to do it. We need to have another year. Next year, we're not planned to be necessarily a playoff team. And that's okay with Pat Verbeek. He's hanging. He's, he's, he's staying the course, if you will. And I think with this pick, the number two overall pick, he will be able to stay the course with this franchise. Yeah, and, and let's not forget, he now has an opportunity to handpick the guy who's going to be in charge. Yep. He's got the yep. opportunity to pick who he wants to stand behind that bench and be the head coach. And that'll go a long way with the direction of the club, whether it's you know rebuilding or retools this summer, using some assets, using some money uh, to try to move up and improve the team a little more quickly. So, uh, again, it's a really exciting time. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens with the moves in the offseason. And, uh, you know, Frenchie, if there's any way that we could help uh, Pat, you know, I, I know we certainly <laughs> will. I know Alexis will probably be talking with him throughout the course of the summer. So we can flood all of our intel to Alexis <laughs> and she can pass it on to Pat. I am going to try to hold Pat's luggage in Nashville. <laughs> well, that's right. We're going to be there. If Joey doesn't know, uh, Joey cocktails. We're, we're making our plane reservations right now. Duckstream is taking us on their private jet. <laughs> to Nashville. We don't have a private job. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's fine. I, I wanted to say one thing, too. I really liked the point you had, Frenchie, about just, I mean, Bedard is one player. you got to have more than just one player. Yeah. I mean, we, you talked about McDavid and Dreisaitl and whatnot, but the Ducks have so many of those guys. I mean, whether they're on the team already or they're in our system, they're coming, and they're going to be ready. And it, I think that that is going to be such a big part of what the future looks for, like for the organization. Well, it's competition. I mean, everybody loves competition. Pat loves competition. Mm -hmm. Listen, I played against Pat for a lot of time, a lot of years, and he was one of the most competitive players you ever played against. Uh, you know, he fought guys. He was scoring 40, 50 goals. Uh, you know, I think 1,000 points. I mean, he did it all. He played in every kind of way to be successful. So he's going to impart that wisdom into the team that he's trying to build here. And that competition is going to start prior to training camp because all these kids, especially all those uh, highly touted draft picks that we have for defensemen coming out of junior, all want to be able to compete for a job here this year. And uh, if they don't make it here, we think about, you know, building that team in San Diego to continually be feeding uh, the Ducks roster for years to come. 
you guys have both made me feel better. Thank you. Yeah, we're just. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> I feel like I've been in a therapy session the last 15 minutes. Thank you. Yeah, I feel better now. <laughs> well, we know how tough it can be knowing that we had that number one best odds and not getting that number one, but just so much to look forward to and knowing that number two, who would have thought we'd have number two at the beginning of the year, kind of like you said, Yee. Yeah, so. number two is our number one. That's right. <laughs> Let's go. Number two is number one Let's in our go. hearts. Yes. All right, guys. Well, it was so much fun having you join yes. me here for, for the Ducks Draft Lottery Show. Awesome to see all the fans here at JT Schmitz as well. And uh, so happy for the Ducks still staying in the, you know, getting that number two pick and really excited for the draft this summer. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, guys. Oh, uh, anytime. Yeah, anytime. A anytime. And we'll see you in Nashville, right? Yes. <laughs> we will see you in Nashville. Thank you again for listening to Duckstream tonight for the Ducks Draft Lottery Show, presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing, the official partner of the Anaheim Ducks. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duckstream.